Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janine Amapola, and this is your first time coming to my podcast. I'm excited to have you here today, so welcome to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. If you don't know, I post these every single Tuesday. So Tuesdays just got better. It's something to look forward to on your Tuesdays. And the goal of this podcast is to help you mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, all aspects of life. And today's topic is going to be something that absolutely impacts all of these things. It really does. It really does. And the reason why I can say that is because from my own experience. Welcome to the podcast. Happy Tuesday, you guys. It is actually Thursday for me. I usually film my podcast on a Thursday. I'm going into the weekend. I'm really excited to have this weekend off. This weekend is Easter. I'm really excited for that. That's when my sweet baby Jesus was resurrected. That is my man. He saved my life. And so if you don't know, this is a faith-based podcast as well. And so I'll be sharing some thoughts from Christianity. And I do think, wait, don't let that scare you off. Stick with me, trust me, and hear me out. Because in today's episode, I'll be showing you what real love is supposed to look like. And the reason why we know what real love is like and why we know what love is is because God is love first. And the Bible and Jesus exemplifies what ultimate sacrifice and true love looks like. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about toxic relationships, unhealthy relationships, abusive relationships. How do you overcome these? How do you heal from them? Why did you get in one in the first place? How do you know if you're even in one to begin with? So much tea to discuss, and I'm excited, so let's just get right into it. Today's episode is going to be a long one. That is why I have coffee. I'm honestly tired. I'm so excited for the weekend. I am ready to have a relaxing weekend. Like truly last weekend was so chaotic. I loved it, but it was very chaotic and I'm still feeling the effects of that. Hence why I'm on my second cup today, which is honestly not that abnormal. So why I'm acting like it's like so crazy when I normally do have two cups a day. It's an issue. I really honestly, I should take a fast for that. Anyway, different topic, different day, whatever. So let me just take a little sip of this. I hope you guys have your coffee or you're on a walk or you're driving, whatever the case may be. I love you, you're the best, and let's get happy and healthy in our dating. Healing from toxic relationships. Why did you get into one? How to avoid them going forward? And why, why? Just why, what are the signs? Why does this happen? First of all, I am not a counselor. I am not a therapist. I am not a psychologist. Secondly, I am only speaking from my experience and all the things that I have gained and that I have learned in this journey called life. And I will be looking down at my notes. So if you don't know, I post these on YouTube and now Spotify. You guys can watch these on Spotify as well. Woohoo! So you'll be seeing me looking down because I have a long list of notes. I'm going to need these today. I was in a toxic relationship, a very manipulative, abusive relationship. It was abusive verbally. It was abusive spiritually and abusive mentally. And that bleeds into so many other things. So I'm speaking from my past. I'm speaking from my healing journey, all the steps that I did to get healthy, to not make the same mistake again, to be able to identify these going forward. Why did I get into this? So I'm able to kind of really speak from experience. However, 
my situation is going to look different than yours. Some of y'all are in absolutely deep crap. And it's really sad and it's affecting you and it is actual legit abuse. And I will talk about that. And I'm so sorry if that is what you're going through right now or if you just got out of that. And honestly, the reason why I even, you know, thought to film this was that someone had asked me, hey, like I just got out of a toxic relationship. It was very abusive, but why do I still miss him? Why do I still think about him? And how do I heal from this? And so that's what we're just going to be talking about today. I overall just want this to be from a big sister's perspective because I looked at my stats last night and it is literally 95% women on here, (laughs) which I just love. Again, that deserves a round of applause. Woo! Yes, ladies, let's go girls. I have a major love for y'all. Okay, that was cheesy. The reason why it's going to be me talking mainly about from the girl's perspective than the guys, you're going to hear me say a lot about, you know, if this man doesn't or if this guy, whatever. However, this is absolutely a two-way street. Guys can experience the same things. It may look a little bit different. Overall, these are going to be signs and things you can learn, but I'm going to be speaking from the girl's perspective. So if you're a guy listening to this, Please don't be offended. I'm just trying to give from my perspective and from the girls listening because my main audience are women and I love y'all. This is just your big sister talking. This is Janine, you know, and I care about you and I do not want you getting into this again or I want you to heal from this. Maybe you're in this right now and you're like, uh, I don't know how to get out or, um, how do I know I'm in one? And honestly, I feel like your body just knows and you just know, and you're just probably denying it to yourself. I'm going to be honest as well. This podcast might have some really harsh truths, things that you may not want to hear. But again, if no one's going to tell it to you, I'm going to tell it to you. And I want to be the truth for you because the truth sets you free. And that's what set me free. And I know it is scary to leave. But if I can do it and if I did it, then you can too. The thing with toxic relationships or abusive relationships is you for some reason feel scared to leave. They manipulate you into believing that you will never be better off without them. I once had an ex say to me, you're never going to find someone like me. And thank God, like he used that as a manipulative form. And I was like, praise God, I don't want to find someone like you. So you almost like kind of dissed yourself in that. Like it was kind of like backhanded, whatever. I believe that it's scary to leave, and I understand why, because you think that this is your end-all, be-all. You believe that this is the one, or maybe you've compromised with them. Maybe you've given them, given to them sexually, and you believe, well, now that I've done that, I have to keep going. Maybe it's the sunken cost theory. Well, we've already spent three years together, so I might as well keep going. How can I end it now? We've been together for so long. He's all I've known. I love him. All these things that I once believed as well, But these are not reasons why you should stay. Because in the end, you're only doing yourself more of a disservice staying longer than you should. Like you staying longer with this guy is preventing you from finding the right person now. And we'll get into that because I don't think you should find the right person now. But you're potentially missing out on really great godly men because you're clinging on to this dusty, crusty man. And I know that's not fun to hear. I know, but let's just get into it. Are you in a toxic relationship? Here are some of the signs. There might be more. There might be, this might be too many. I don't know, but I tried to think about as many as I could, and maybe there's more that I'm missing. Number one is there's abuse. 
mentally, physically, spiritually, verbally, and sexually. Because those, those can all be forms of abuse. Abuse is real. It's scary. It can mess you up. It can cause long-lasting effects. It can cause PTSD. It can cause a lot of trauma, which is why I'm naming this as number one because this is not something you want to diminish. I don't want it to ruin your future, and I don't want this person abusing you any longer. You are too good for that. You are too worthy and too valuable to keep letting yourself be abused. But they trick you into thinking that somehow you deserved it or um, this is who you are or it's not abuse or this is this is normal and you know it's not. And those are things that I really, truly think when there's deep trauma or abuse, this is where I'm going to say you need to see a counselor. You need to get help. I had to get help. I had to get a counselor as well because I knew that there was you know, some real bad trauma that I had to work through things that I was suppressing that I was like, no, it's not that bad. And people were like, do you know that you actually walked through trauma? And I was like, what? I didn't know. And this happened six years ago. For those that don't know, I was in a very abusive relationship in college and I had to basically escape it. And it caused me to lose a ton of weight and lack of identity, lack of self-esteem. I mean, it was just a disaster. And we'll get kind of later into that. Some more signs if you're in a toxic relationship. You don't feel safe. Like you don't physically feel safe around them. You're scared that they're going to lash out. You're scared of them. You're scared of what they're going to think, what they're going to do, what they're going to say. You don't feel safe to tell them really how you feel. If you tell them how you feel, they're going to diminish that or belittle you or uh, dismiss your feelings. That's not a good, healthy relationship. They gaslight you. They make you feel like you're crazy. They make you feel like you either did say something or thought something when you really didn't, or they turn things back onto you. They belittle you. You're scared of them. They manipulate you. They give you ultimatums. There's cheating, any form of cheating. If you're dating, like, get out. You are too good for that. That person does not value you. I don't care what they say, how they come crying back, boo-hoo-hoo, please take me back. They cheated on you. And I don't know if I would ever date again a cheater. Unless for some reason, 10 years down the road later, God somehow redeemed it. I don't know if that's like possible. Maybe it is. Maybe I've heard of stories about that. But cheating is cheating. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't accept that. You feel like you're nothing without them and they tell you that. You feel like you're constantly walking on eggshells. You feel scared. You're like, oh my gosh, I could do one wrong thing and this could end it. Oh my gosh, if I say this, if I do this, what are they going to do? You don't feel safe. Like you're not your authentic, vulnerable, real self with this person. There's toxic communication. There's yelling or there's superlatives of you always do this or you never do this. They hold things over your head. You can't communicate. You don't feel safe. You can't feel like you can tell them how you really feel. There's, you know, like I said, just like the yelling or like they walk out the room or they storm out or they slam the door. Very immature behavior. There's envy or jealousy. Like they're like, why are you talking to that guy? Who's that guy? Let me check your phone. Let me check your Instagram. Like there's just constant jealousy. They're controlling behaviors. They have controlling behaviors or they're possessive. They isolate you. They remove you from all your friends, all access to any male figure anywhere, even your parents, even your friendships. I know this from experience. It's very dangerous. They're possessive. They want to control and tell you what to do, when you can do it, how you can spend your money, how you can use your phone, how you can dress, where you can go, all sorts of things like that. 
There's dishonesty. They're straight up lying to you, and you know it. I had this happen to me too. Straight up lied about multiple things that I found out, and the truth will always come out. There should be trust and honesty in this relationship, which leads me to the next one. There's a lack of trust. There's patterns of disrespect, constant disrespect, where they do not honor you, and they disrespect you in your body or your time or the way they talk to you or just so much. Like, you know what disrespect feels like. And, like, that's the thing. There's so many things that, like, we know deep down inside because our body tells us and our intuition, our gut, and our spirit tells us when something is wrong, but you just dismiss it because you're just so eager to keep the relationship that you're really dishonoring yourself in the end because you're only trying to please this person and keep them, but you're really dishonoring yourself. More things are, there's just constant breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together, blocking each other, not answering the phone, hanging up the phone on each other. It just sounds like a very immature high school relationship, and my high school relationship was kind of like this, unfortunately. Like, just honestly, like, there's just a roller coaster of emotions 24-7. There's no stability, there's no safety, and everyone's like, well, wonder if they'll be together this week, or if they're going to break up next week, don't know what they're going to do. Like, no one... No, because there's no predictability with y'all. There's no consistency in healthy patterns. Overall, you don't have peace in this relationship, and you have to make excuses or justify why you are dating him. And you should never have to do that. You really shouldn't. You shouldn't have to be like, well, he's a, he, he, uh, it's like, look, sis, you want to be with a man that you don't have to make excuses, that his character and who he is speaks for himself and everyone else can see it. You have to think about this. If this man never changed and you married this same guy that you're, that you're dating right now and the way that it stayed right now for the rest of your life, would you be happy? If your kids, if you want kids with this person or you want kids, period, if your kids turned out looking just like this person, acting like them, they had characteristics, they had their same um, physicality, their character, just all the types of things that this person has, would you be okay if your kid turned out the way that this person is? Because otherwise you're going to be, you know, breeding with this person, making more kids that are manipulative or cheating or envious or bad communication, whatever. Like, that's what you're breeding with. So you really have to think about that. There's this book that I'm reading, and it's called The Sacred Search. And I've read it before, but I'm kind of going back through it again. And this is going to be a book that I absolutely encourage you guys to read. And it talks about this in the book that we are infatuated with infatuation. It says, this is, an appointment. this is an important point to keep in mind if the one you've given your heart to doesn't seem as desperately as loved as you do. Infatuation doesn't affect everyone in the same way. Neurologically, a person's security, self-esteem, spiritual maturity, and personality all affect how they fall in love and what they experience feels like, the intensity which they feel those emotions. For example, an, ex- an insecure person with low self-esteem is likely to be clingy and obsessive with the relationship than someone who is relatively secure with high self-esteem. A woman from a broken home who has a high fear of abandonment often wants to rush things to lock in their relationship, pushing for an early engagement. She is more concerned about avoiding another relational loss than than finding the possible best match for her. Two relatively secure individuals can respect and love each other without experiencing obsessive thinking, euphoric mood swings, and desperate clinginess. 
The absence of these markers doesn't mean that they're less in love than other couples. It just means that they might be more grounded as individuals. So we'll talk about this a little bit more, but sometimes like you don't want to end this relationship or the get out of the toxic relationship because you're more concerned about just maintaining this, keeping this man, pleasing him, making him happy than actually realizing, oh, this maybe just isn't a good fit. Like it says here, wisdom says that we should try to make a relationship work, not because we have strong feelings, but because it's not just a good match. In other words, most of us are motivated more by feelings than wisdom. And y'all, we cannot chase our feelings when we're dating. Yes, feelings are great. We want to feel like we love the person, like we like them. We want to be around them, but we need to choose more about facts and what's biblically good and the actual, you know, uh, reality of what the relationship is over than our feelings. And this book, uh, Sacred Search by Gary Thomas, is absolutely something that I totally recommend you guys to read. And there's one more quote in here that I wanted to talk about. It says in this book, ironically, girlfriends are quick to justify seemingly bad behavior in their boyfriends and try to explain it away. While many wives are eager for everyone around them to know how awful their husband can be and how everyone should feel sorry for them for having to live with such a wreck of a human being. In fact, not long after they become wives, women all women will fault men for the very things they overlooked and defended as girlfriends. One woman told a counselor, Winston Smith, you don't understand how sick he is. Did I tell you what he did to me once in college? Why didn't this episode bother her before she got married? Having known this and accepted it, why bring it up now as a wife? Would that, it, would that if were the reverse, with girlfriends seriously discussing with their friends' boyfriends' weaknesses so that they could make wise decisions? And wives seriously defending their husband's honor so that they could make a lasting marriage? Unfortunately, ignoring your boyfriend's weaknesses and gossiping about your husband's failures are two sure paths to divorce. Whoo! Mic drop. That's all I'm going to say. Something that I heard a pastor say is, and I kind of just like I'm paraphrasing and rewriting it in the way that I interpreted it, is, interpreted it, is, you want the bad boy, but the bad boy ends up being a horrible husband one day. You'll wish one day that you didn't want the bad boy when you end up marrying him, and now he's a bad husband, and now you're in a covenant. And you're married to this bad man and this bad husband for the rest of your life. That's why I'm trying to provide this so that you guys don't make poor decisions. And we'll get to why Why am I choosing this? Why do I keep doing that? We'll talk about that. So instead of, okay, this guy sucks and what should I be? Sorry, I'm looking at my neighbors. What should I be avoiding? What should I be now looking for instead? Now, first of all, I did make a podcast about this called Qualities to Look for in a Partner. That's on my season one. Go check that out. But secondly, what should I be looking for instead? Basically, all the opposites of what I said earlier. All the opposites. So everything when I'm like, they don't make me feel safe. They, like, they don't make me feel safe. Well, you want someone to make you feel safe. You want someone that loves God, that there's healthy freedom, that there's healthy boundaries, that there's good communication, there's trust, there's honesty. He's kind to you. There's healthy patterns. There's not addiction. There's not abuse. He lays his life down for you. He serves you. He makes you feel safe. He seeks your best interest and the interest of the relationship and so much more. Basically, you're looking for all the opposites of everything that I just said. Biblically, you want to be looking for someone that has these same qualities that the Bible talks about. Okay, so biblically, these are some things that 
God wants us to look for in the Bible. And, you know, there's more things that God talks about, obviously, like a hard worker and a man that respects his wife and all these things, of course. But you want someone that at the end of the day sees and knows what the Bible says is love and what the fruit of the spirit are. Because if this man does not have these, then I would be very weary. You want a man that knows what these are, pursues them, wants them as well, and that you also excuse me, I just had a burp, that you also have these. Be the person you are looking for. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4, and this is a very overused Bible verse, but it's very pertinent because this is talking about what is love. Does this person, if they claim to love you, if they claim to be laying their life down for you, do they have these qualities? So one, we have to know, okay, what does it look like in a dating relationship, in a marriage that resembles and and shows us what love is? So these are the qualities that this person should be. Love is patient. They should be patient. Love is kind. They're kind. They do not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Your person should not be easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. They're not holding things over your head. They do not delight in evil. They do not delight in sin. They do not delight in bringing you into sin, into evil stuff. But they re- it rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, and it always hopes and always perseveres. True love never fails. And that is what you should be looking for. This person should protect you. They should be trusting. They should give you hope that there are so good people, and they should resemble Christ, and it should persevere. And the fruit of the Spirit is something that they should also have, which is in Galatians 5, 23 through 23. Love joy, peace, patience. The person should be patient with you and kind with you. Kindness, generosity, faithfulness, that they're faithful to you, that they're gentle with you, gentleness, self-control. All of these are so extremely important when you're looking for a person. So look for someone that has these. And again, you be the person too, that you're like, I'm going to strive to have these in my life as well as as I continue to seek Christ and know Christ. Overall, in the end, you've dated this toxic person because maybe you just love the drama. It's a never-ending drama. It's a roller coaster. It's not a symphony, but you're attracted to the drama. And if you want to keep having this drama, then you're going to keep having the same relationships. If you like who you're becoming, then keep doing what you're doing. And if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you've been getting So if you're not willing to change or look at the log in your own eye or be like, why am I doing this? Why do I attract this? Why is this happening? You're going to keep getting what you're getting. And that is the hard truth. When I got out of my toxic relationship, I was like, okay, I need to self-reflect. Why did this happen? Because something in me allowed it. Something, some void I was filling, something that I didn't believe in myself, some lie I was believing, whatever, is why I got into this. So why do you attract this? And this is what you need to understand. Why do you attract emotionally unavailable people? This is going a little bit more into psychology, which is obviously I'm not a psychologist, but I have studied this stuff, you guys. When I was on this journey, the amount of books and podcasts and counselors and resources I looked into to know all of this and understand it was insane. So I'm just basically taking that and trying to relay that back to y'all. So you need to know your inner child. Your inner child is the little kid inside of you that either got too much of something or didn't get enough of something. 
So this is going back to your parents and what formed this and why you are like this. So your childhood affects what you attract, why you date the person you do, and kind of just like who you are overall as a human being. So your your inner child is always screaming for something. So say your dad um, neglected you or your dad walked out or your dad didn't give you love. So you're going to go as a little child because you're looking desperately to be loved and to be needed and to be wanted. You're going to go to a man and be like, oh my gosh, I need to find this fulfillment in this person versus finding it from yourself and from the Lord, your heavenly father. So it's important to go to counseling or do self-reflection or, you know, asking yourself the hard questions or going through books or something to understand what is my inner child, my little child, my the little girl inside you. What did she need and how is that manifesting now? Why am I accepting this poor behavior? It's probably because you believe that you're not worthy enough or you have low self-worth or you believe that maybe you deserve that or maybe they made you believe that you deserve that. Maybe you don't believe that you are who God says you are or you don't know your true value or worth even though God is the one that determines that and he says that you are far more worthy than rubies and pearls. In Proverbs 31.10, what lie did you believe that you deserve this treatment? Was it that he constantly put that in your head like, oh, you deserve this. You know, this was your fault. I cheated on you because you did this. You know, all those things. You have to think about what void am I trying to fulfill? It's basically just becoming self-aware as to, okay, I'm trying to fill a void with this person. Or maybe I believe that I'm just not simply good enough to find a good man. Because if a good man truly saw who I really was, he would never want me. So what you do is you date someone emotionally unavailable. And unemotionally available men, which I've actually done this, and maybe you do this. You're like, why do I keep attracting unemotionally? No, that's not even the word I'm trying to say. Emotionally unavailable people. Again, this goes back to your childhood. It's one or more of your caregivers growing up was unavailable. Or you saw this in your parents' marriage. So again, you emulate what you saw growing up. And so you might have seen this from your mom or your dad. And so you look for someone like that too because that feels safe and familiar to you. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily healthy. And secondly, some part of you is also unavailable. Kind of like what I said. Like you're scared to be fully known or to be fully vulnerable or fully seen so you go for someone that also doesn't want that so you both can have this facade and you can keep up this false reality because that feels more comfortable than someone really knowing the deepest parts of you so you both do that you're both almost using each other in some sense it may feel safer to you to be with someone who's emotionally unavailable because you know on some level that you don't have to fully commit to the other person sometimes what we also do is we date out of a place of lack or we date out of a place of loneliness, or you believe that it's better to be with this unhealthy person than it is to be alone. So you'd rather accept poor behavior, date this crappy, dusty man, because you'd rather be with him than just be alone, which is very unhealthy. You also might think that this behavior is normal to accept the bare minimum, and it's not. A high-value person knows what they want and what they deserve, and they do not let this dusty man treat them otherwise because you know your worth and you do not let a man walk all over you. And there's a book that I'm going to refer to y'all at the end that will help you do this to not be a doormat anymore and not be the nice guy, the nice girl anymore to these 
freaking abusive men that just take control of your nice girls. Some of y'all might think that you're in this relationship because you're like, I can fix them. I can change them. You think that you are the solution to their problems when they need to choose that for themselves. They need to get healthy on your on their own. You cannot change people. People can only want to change for themselves. So I remember when I was in this relationship, I kept thinking, maybe I can just pray harder or change them or be more of a blessing or love him harder into changing. And that was a very false reality. Learn that again the hard way. You can only change how you respond or you react, but you cannot change people. But I want you to know that you don't have to accept the bare minimum because so many men, they'll test you. They'll be like, oh, I'm going to give this girl the bare minimum. I'm going to give her some breadcrumbs. It's like he's a, what's the girl in a, oh, Little Red uh, Riding Hood. What's her name? Little Red Riding Hood where she drops some little breadcrumbs. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what these men are doing. That's called breadcrumbing. And you are addicted to just getting a little bit of endorphin and the rush from this man. And so you'll accept just anything versus just being like, no, I don't deserve this. Like I deserve to be in a healthy, committed, safe, fulfilling, joyful, peaceful relationship. Not breadcrumbing. Not a man that dips in and dips out whenever he wants. That there's a lack of security and he's inconsistent. But again, you think that's normal because that's all you've known and that's familiar and that's safe for you. But let's rewire our brain to know that that's not okay and we deserve so much more. Here's the thing is that we are often trying to fulfill God-given desires, but the way we go about it is in an ungodly way. So your desire is, I want to be loved. I want love. But the way that you obtain it is unhealthy. So beneath the actions is a godly, innocent desire that everyone has. But the way you go about it is maybe sinful or unhealthy. So the desire for the relationship is not wrong, but perhaps the action is. You see, like it's nothing wrong for wanting a marriage. There's nothing wrong for wanting love or to feel known or to feel secure or to feel like, man, I just want someone to care for me. But because of that desire, you'll just accept anything. You'll accept any guy, any treatment, any, like any little guy that comes trickling your way that gives you a glance or a little bit of attention or a little bit of time. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is it. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. And you just accept the crap because you just think, wow, I'd rather have that than nothing. And I'd rather you have nothing than have that. I'd rather you be a high value woman. I'd rather you know your words. I'd rather you not accept that. I'd rather you keep working on yourself. I'd rather you heal. I'd rather you so fall in love with yourself and who God has called you to be and what God has for you and fall first more in love with God. And that is where everything else trickles out of. Because when you believe and see who God says you are, that affects your actions. Actions will always follow beliefs. So if your beliefs are wrong, your actions are going to follow as well. So if you believe accordingly to the Bible, who God says you are, then your actions will flow out of that. And the Bible is clear about this. It says, um, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Like everything you do flows from your heart. So if you're believing certain things and you don't believe like I'm good enough or this or that, then yeah, you're going to start accepting some bare minimum stuff because that's just all you believe. Well, my neighbor's about to walk by. I wonder if he's going to look in here. He just might. Let's see. Meanwhile, I'm going to be drinking my coffee. This neighbor's really sweet, but he always um, walks by and stares at me. And I'm always like, this is kind of awkward. 
Oh, he's not looking. Okay, great. I have given you guys a lot of information, and I want you guys to, um, you know, know your worth and know your value and know what you're looking for. And so now we're going to move on to how do we heal and date better? So first and foremost, I want you to focus back on you. So often we're doing whatever we can. We are bending over backwards for this freaking stinking man who ain't bending backwards for you. You're like, anything to make this work, anything for you, baby. And he's over there just playing the video games, like not even paying a freaking attention to you for one second. And you'll just do anything to get this guy's attention. So quit that and let's focus the energy back onto you and God, you and God, you and God. Because you've been neglecting your feelings, you've been dishonoring yourself, and you've been neglecting your needs and your wants for him. You're not putting yourself first, which is why you become a doormat, which is why you become, um, you know, easily manipulated because you're only focusing on what he wants versus what you need and what your heart needs and what your safety needs and what your peace needs. And protecting your peace is so important. So let's focus back on you. What does the inner child of you need? What does your little girl need? What is she craving? And how do we solve that? How do we solve that in a godly manner? So deeply self-reflect on what happened. Why did this happen? Go back to the steps. What were the steps that you took to get into this toxic relationship? Was it that you started secretly dating him? Was it that you guys started sleeping together? Was it that you um, were hiding things? Was it that he started abusing you and you were too afraid to tell anyone? Was it that you didn't stand up for yourself? Was it that you stayed way longer than you should have? Was it that you didn't let people in? So many things. Why did this happen? And reflect on that. And journal about it. Journal through it. Thirdly, you need to grieve. Because for some of y'all, this is a long relationship that you're having to grieve and having to let go of. And it's sad. And um, it is sad. Because in some sense, you're losing a partner. You're losing a best friend. You're losing someone that you thought you could be with for the rest of your life. And it's sad. And there might have been trauma involved. You need to grieve in a healthy way. And you got to go through the steps of grieving. And they're going to jump around. And it's going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. And it's going to be pretty painful. But to heal, you have to start stripping back these layers and get to the root of why did this happen. And grieving is painful. There's going to be some crying. There's going to be some highs and some lows. But let yourself grieve and do not rush the process, which is what I'm going to say is time. You can't rush this process. Give yourself enough time to heal, to figure out why this happened. How do I prevent this going forward? You know, why, what inside of me was lacking that I was looking for in this person and and assuming that they could fix this or heal this or solve this for me. You need to go to counseling. I know it's expensive, but invest back into yourself. This is focusing back on you. Counseling is absolutely crucial and it is a blessing to your future self, to your future children and to your future spouse. I'm promising you that. Invest into yourself. You also need to ask people around you, hey, where did I go wrong? Because unfortunately, you also played a part into into this toxicity. You know, it's not just them. Oftentimes we want to be like, they did this and they did this and blah, 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 blah. And we want to point fingers all the time and be like, innocent me, woe is me. And yes, they might have played a part, but you also played a part. So where do you need to own up? Where do you need to heal? Where do you need to have someone speak into where you did something wrong and be willing to be teachable and willing to be corrected and willing to listen? 
I had to do the same thing. Next, I want you to pray for the person and forgive them. And this might come with time because for me, I know it took me years to heal from this person and to get over how much I hated them or how I was so angry or how I was so hurt or how I just wanted nothing but bad things to happen to them. But I am so glad I can confidently and genuinely say I have prayed for them and I have forgiven them. And the enemy, Satan doesn't want you to forgive them because that is where the enemy works and in, re- in resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness. And sometimes forgiveness is more for you than it is for them. This is freeing you up. And maybe one day you can go to the person and say, hey, I forgive you. I know that you don't really need to hear that from me. And I know you probably don't care. But for me and for my heart and for my peace and for my walk with Christ, because again, you're focusing back on you right now, I forgive you. And you let it go and you say, God, they are your child. I'm going to try to see them the way that you see them. And I'm going to let this go because they're not mine anymore. I don't have to worry about them anymore. That's your mess, God. Like that's your person. And you, you need to f- remember that you need to forgive this person and pray for them because you know the whole classic saying of, you know, hurt people, hurt people. That person clearly was very hurt and so were you. But that hurt person also has an inner child that was hurting or didn't get something or got too much of something or whatever that they're hurting and it's manifesting somewhere else. Like they're also extremely unhealthy. And so forgive them and pray for them. Pray that they get healthy. Pray that they one day find a godly spouse and that they get healed and freed as well and that there can be maybe reconciliation one day. Like that would be best case scenario. Like praise God if there is reconciliation one day. And next is you just heal. You give yourself time to cry, to do the work, to go to counseling, to read books, to get back into enjoying life, finding things that you love again, learning about yourself, learning how to forgive and how to um, go to church and how to be a good friend again and how to work out and how to find the joy in simple things in life. And do not jump into another relationship again. Please don't. Because if you do this, it's going to be so unhealthy. And again, like I said, to bless your future partner and your future relationship, you want to take time for yourself to get healthy and focus back on you and you and God. Do not jump into something else so you're not bringing in all the same crap and repeating the same patterns. Because like I was saying earlier, like, why does this keep happening? Why do I keep attracting drama? Why do I keep finding emotionally unavailable men? It's because you're not focusing back on yourself. You're not getting healthy. and You're not identifying the patterns and trying to figure out, okay, why am I doing this? Instead, you're just trying to cope. You're trying to run back to comfortness. And you don't want to sit in the uncomfortability of having to discover that and open up these wounds. you got to be able to identify that. I know it is painful, but it is so worth it and your future self will thank you later it's putting in the, the work now it's the hard work now so it can be easier down the road for you and your future children and your children's children and your children's children it is not just about you this is about generational curses that you are breaking and you have the power to do that so now moving forward what do i do when i'm trying to date going forward first and foremost you got to know what am i looking for and what am i not looking for So, for example, if you don't want to end up with a non-believer, then stop dating non-believers. Because, again, this is where it becomes unhealthy is you're like, well, I can fix them. I can change them. I can lead them. I can make blah, 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 blah. No. Y'all, know what you're looking for and look for that and be that as well. Like, for me, if I want a godly spouse, I can't be dating ungodly men. Like, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? 
So know what you're looking for. And again, listen to my podcast of things that you should be looking for. Qualities to look for in a partner. Secondly, if you see the same signs in the person, in this new person, or you keep dating consistently the same type of people and you keep seeing the same patterns, do not move forward with the person. If you're seeing signs very early on of control or abuse or belittling or manipulating or gaslighting, avoid, block, bye-bye, do not accept the behavior. However, with counseling, you'll be able to see, am I projecting this or is this really how it is? Am I just being triggered or is this really how it is? Because there's a difference there. And within counseling or a dating coach or someone, they can help you identify, am I just acting out out of fear or PTSD or trauma or is this really what's going on? And it's tricky, I know, but the more you listen to podcasts about this, there's a podcast called True Feminine as well as Heal, Thrive, and Survive, especially Heal, Heal, Thrive, and Survive, they're going to help you be able to identify these. Thirdly, date within counsel. Y'all, I'm going to tell you guys this over and over and over. When you date within counsel, when you bring godly people in, counselors, mentors, parents, best friends, whatever the case may be, so that they can evaluate this person with you, or you go to someone, you can say, hey, process this with me. What do you think about this person? And be willing to listen, I'm telling you. If someone says, hey, I am seeing some very abusive tendencies, or this person is not good, I don't like the way they treat you, you need to listen to that. Because people that care about your best interests are going to help you avoid making these future mistakes. Date within wisdom and counsel and community so they can help assess this person with you. Bring them around your friends. Bring them around your parents at the right time and have them help you assess this person. Fifthly, no, fourthly, give it time to assess and evaluate. In the beginning, you know, it's scary to put yourself back out there. It's scary to date again. You're scared of all these fears and emotions, but give it time. Give it, you know, a couple months, six, nine months, whatever, to really say, okay, I'm going to ride this out and just really see who this person is and don't rush it. Give it time to assess it, to assess and evaluate. I said assess it. That's not a word, but give it time to assess and evaluate them and know, okay, is this really what I'm looking for? Is this a good person? Are they consistent? Do they, you know, resemble Christ? Do they look like Christ? Do they have the qualities of Christ? You know, 1 Corinthians 3.14, Galatians 5.22. Do they have the fruit of the Spirit? Give it time. Do not rush into anything. Do not think right off the bat, I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to marry this person. Don't let them love bomb you. Like, you give it time and you take it slow because you remember, I am not in a rush. I'm not in a rush. I'm not here to force anything. I'm not here to make anything happen. I'm not in a rush. And remember that they're not just evaluating you. You are evaluating them you shift the energy back onto you and say I am the prize I am someone that you know a man has to work hard to obtain because I'm not easy not everyone can have access to me not everyone just deserves me but like let yourself remember hey I'm interviewing them they're not just interviewing me because often again I think why we can get into these abusive relationships or these relationships is that I'm talking so fast oh who is walking on my yard oh another man is that you're only thinking about them. Am I a good fit for them? Am I a good fit for them? Am I, am I what this guy wants? Am I good enough for this guy? Am I pretty enough for this guy? No, you are good enough. You're thinking, is this a good fit for me? You know what I mean? You're both playing the dance, but you lose yourself and you tend to make poor decisions when you're only thinking about what am I for this man? No, what is this man for me? Is, is he a good fit for me? You put the ball back into your court. And that way you know when you need to walk away because you're like, you know what? He's not a right fit for me. I'm not going to prolong this or waste my time longer than I need to because he's not a good fit for me. 
Number six, like I said, just slow down, give it time. You're in a relaxed state, your feminine energy, you're relaxed. You're like, I don't need to force anything. I'm going to let this man pursue me. I'm not going to try to constantly project feelings. I'm not going to try to freak this man out. I'm not going to try to force. You're just going to let things happen and you're going to be open hand with God and say, God, if you want this, great. Keep showing me, give me peace, bless this relationship. Let it be easy. Let it be smooth. But if you don't, that's okay. Which is going to lead me into my last point on this. Pray before you get into the relationship. When you're dating, you know, you want to make sure, okay, God, is this really someone that is looking like you? Is this someone that's good for me? And I believe God will show you. He will show you. So do not get into a relationship that God has not blessed or told you to get into. Like sometimes we're like, how did I end up here? Why did I get into this relationship? Should I break up with them? It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have been with them because you never asked God if you should have been with them in the first place. You know what I mean? So submit everything to Christ. And I really think God's going to show you and your community. Next, I'm going to just start wrapping up here is that oftentimes within these toxic relationships and this abuse, I know that after the relationship ends, you start to miss them and you might want to go back to them and you might start thinking about them. And maybe you start being like, wait, why do I miss them? Why do I want to still be with them? And you get addicted to them. And there's like a little tie that's attached there, an emotional tie or a soul tie or a, a spiritual tie or a sexual tie or whatever the tie may be. But your, your brain has been warped to think that this is all I deserve. You have all these memories with this person. But the thing is you probably miss the companionship and the comfortability more than the actual person. You miss the memories. But it's normal to miss them. But when you do, you have to make yourself stop. You either need to pray Or you need to remember the bad times too, because often all we can remember is the good, but you need to remember the bad and the way they made you feel. Like people will always remember the way you made them feel. They won't necessarily remember like the exact action or what you did or whatever, but people will remember the way you made them feel. So remember the way this person made you feel. They made you feel low. They made you feel like you weren't valuable or worthy or like they belittled you. Remember that. But it is natural to want to go back to this person because we are creatures of habit and we will always go back to what is familiar and comfortable. But we have to catch that. Like we have to stop that. And that is what community is for is they'll be like, no, you are not going back to this toxic, dusty man. Uh Uh-uh. And tell someone that. Say, be honest. I, I miss this person. Okay, great. Well, let's, you can miss him for a second. Grieve it for a second, but let's go do something fun. Let's go for a walk. Let's shift our energy somewhere else. You know what I mean? And I think that is part of the grieving process is missing the person or missing the companionship. But what is it that you're actually missing? Like, you don't miss the mistreatment. You just want the companionship again. You know what I mean? So be careful of overly fantasizing and romanticizing this person and putting them in such a good light when they weren't in a good light. You know what I mean? Think about when you find the right person. You won't miss him anymore. And you'll be so dang glad that God ended the relationship and it didn't work out. That closed door with him is an open door to the right person somewhere else. So be glad and praise God that that door shut. Oftentimes with God, when he doesn't answer a prayer or he doesn't give us what we want or whatever, it's either for protection or provision He's either going to provide somewhere else or he's protecting you from something. And you got to trust those two P's, protection and provision, because it's true. I've seen this. It's to protect you or to provide something somewhere else. So that's basically all I wanted to say. And I'm hoping that helps. And I know it's scary and I know it's hard. And I know that this messes you up and it takes so much time. And you're just like, 
why can't I move forward? When will this get, when will this be over? When will I be healed? Why, when will I stop missing them? When will I find the right person? Why do I still think about them? All the questions that I understand it is so valid, but I promise you it gets better. You will get through this and it may feel like the end of the world, but one day you'll look back and you'll see how far you've come and you'll be so proud of yourself and God is not letting you go. He's not going to bring you all this way just to leave you hanging. He's just not. That's not who God is. That's not his character. And I want you to remember to start praying for your future spouse now. Not when you have them, but pray for them now. Be adamant and active about that now. Pray for your spouse. Journal over it. Submit them to God. Pray that God would give you God eyes to see the person. And maybe they look different than you ever expected and than you ever dreamed or ever thought of. But pray, God, would you open my eyes to to see maybe someone different than I ever expected or anticipated. And pray for them now. God, I pray for my spouse that they love you, that they're healthy, that they're working on you, that they walk in purity, that they're a good person, that they have godly community, that they're like that they they seek you, God, in everything that they do, that they're a man of integrity and character and value and all these things. Pray for them now. We're going to wrap up, but here are some last books that I just want to recommend is, first of all, Sacred Search by Gary Thomas that I mentioned. It is called, What If It's Not About Who You Marry, But Why? This will help you get out of the infatuation and just start and stop dating men just because it maybe feels good or they're hot or whatever. Thinking about the actual purpose and eternity with this person, what you'll what you guys can do in the long term for the kingdom. Secondly, The New Codependency by Melody Beattie. A lot of these relationships, the reason why we're in this is because you're codependent and you're seeking something in someone that you should really be getting from God and yourself. And this is going to help you be like, why did I accept this behavior? Why do I feel like I need them for something? Why do I feel like I find all my worth and my value in this person? Codependency. There's another book, which this is going to probably be a little controversial, but I'm going to say it because this book helped me and I actually don't know where it is. It might be in my bedside table, but it's actually called why men love be the B word. I'm going to say snitches, but it's really the B word. And you're probably gonna be like, what? And the word, the B word in there is actually stands for a babe in total control of herself. It's basically a book about how to be a high value woman, how not to be a doormat, how to know your worth, how to know your value, how to communicate to a man, how to not let yourself constantly be trampled, how to not let yourself be abused by men. It is an incredible book. It is old. It's not a Christian book, though, I will say. So for some of the sex stuff in there, just dismiss that because the sex part, I'm like, eh, that's not a biblical viewpoint for me. So I kind of just dismiss that. But there are so many points in there that I'm like, wow. This is why I was being walked over. This is why men weren't taking me serious. You know what I mean? So that's an amazing book. And it's by like Sherry Agrovi or Agrove. Check that one out. Next is going to be Boundaries in Dating by Dr. Henry Cloud. He is an amazing author. He talks all about boundaries. Boundaries is going to help you not let someone take advantage of you and push you over and allow this to keep repeating. So again, that's Boundaries in Dating by Dr. Henry Cloud. He also has a podcast. You guys can check him out. Um, that's an amazing book as well. That's just going to help you basically identify where did you not have boundaries? Why did you get walked over in the first place? You know what I mean? And lastly, it's going to be outdated, which is from Jonathan Pocluda. It's an amazing book. I have it over here. Um, let me grab that really fast. Okay. So this is called outdated finding love that lasts when dating has changed. And this is talking more about dating in today's culture and how toxic it is. This is also an incredible book. So those are some great resources for y'all. Again, some podcasts. Um, 
heal, thrive, and survive. She talks a lot about narcissism and just abusive relationships. Like, she was in one, too, and I've learned a lot from her as well. And then, again, as a girl, the True Feminine podcast, this is also an amazing one. It's from my friend Rachel Cheryl. Check that one out. Um, And those are some resources, but I believe in you. I know you're going to get through this. I know it's going to be painful. I know it's going to be hard, but this is how we grow in the hard stuff. We have to get uncomfortable to grow. And so just trust the process and know you're not alone. And I'm here with you. And I'm so sorry you went through this. And I'm going to pray for us because I'm sensing that there's some of y'all that have been deeply hurt and deeply wounded. And you're just thinking, how will I ever get out of this? How will I ever heal? You have no idea what this man did to me or whatever happened to me. And maybe there's some actual real stuff like sexual abuse that has happened to you. And I am so sorry. I just want to empathize with you really fast on that. And I want to pray for us that if there's someone on this podcast that is listening, that feels like they've been abused or whatever, like we're, we're going to discuss that and we're going to pray over that really fast. So let's pray really fast. Lord, I just, I just submit this podcast to you, God. I know that there are some hurting people out there that you never intended for them to be hurt. And God, would you just go and would you just bind up their, their wounds and heal their broken hearts? Would you help them through this process of healing and thriving and surviving and learning how to cope or how to heal or how to deal with this? Would you bring godly people into their life? Would you bring them a godly counselor? Would you bring them mentors? Would you bring them resources? Would you bring them the desire to want to change and to make a difference and to be better and to and to grow? And Lord, would you bless them during the season that just seems so impossible? And God, would you just heal their broken hearts? people that are feeling so sad or ashamed that they got into this situation, would you just remove shame and guilt off of them? Or the people that just feel like, man, like I am hurting. This is so painful. God, would you just sit with them and would you just empathize with them? Would they just feel your presence right now that you wrap your arms around them, that you say, hey, I'm with you and I love you and I'm not going to let you go alone through this. And I'm with you through this process of healing And God, people that have been abused, Lord, would you remind them that it's not something they did, it's not their fault, and would you let them know that you never intended for that to happen? Would you help them in their healing process to help them get healthy and to find counselor and to overcome this? And Lord, I just praise you that even though there's some painful things that have happened in our stories, God, that it is going to be for your glory one day because this is going to help other people find freedom one day. Like my pain and my story and my shame and all the crap that I went through, God, I know that you're using this to find or to bring other people freedom down the road. And Lord, we just praise you. And we say, God, you're going to get us through this. And I just, God, I just, I don't know. I just feel like there's someone hurting out there right now that it's just super, super broken. Lord, would you just remind them that you are not leaving them, you have not left them, that you care deeply, deeply about their pain that you will heal their hearts. And it may take time, but he's not going to leave you. Lord, would you just be so tender right now to that person and your Holy Spirit would come, that it would just be working right now, that your Holy Spirit would just be um, putting on some bandages and just softening their heart again and and letting them know like, hey, you're going to find love still. You're still going to find a good person. This does not determine your future. You still got this, and God's got you. It's like your heart is in his hands right now, and he just tightly wraps his hands around your heart, and he's like, I got you. Don't worry. I'm not leaving you. 
got you my child. I got you my daughter. And I love you so much. And God, would you let this, would you let your love be the first love that they go to? Would you remind them of who, who, who their first love was originally intended to be? And that was you. And that is where we find fulfillment and true love and identity is in you first and foremost. And we love you so much, Jesus. And it's in your name. We just declare freedom over this person right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, you guys, that was a long podcast. I know it's just because I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about women finding freedom and people finding freedom and healing from this because I know how this can mess you up, but I believe there is hope and there is freedom and you will get through this and you're not alone. And I hope this podcast was a blessing. Please share it. If it was share this to someone that you know that might need this. Um, and I pray you check into all these resources so that, you know, the next steps going forward and just invest back into yourself and know who God says you are, know who your father says you are. Let him be your first love because out of that, everything else flows. I care about y'all. I am on your team. I want you to win. I want you to thrive and we're doing this together, baby. I love y'all. I will be back again next Tuesday. Let me know your thoughts on the Happy and Healthy podcast. Again, you can watch this on Spotify and YouTube. And I just hope this was a blessing. You guys are the best. I'm with you. I love y'all. And I will see you guys again next Tuesday. And until then, stay happy and healthy. Bye, y'all.